can he find the net he's got to score remember or India are out Shams is moving the feed he can't find the save and the second one is there it's all over New Zealand have beaten India in a shootout and the hosts are out of their own World Cup New Zealand third in pool C having beaten only Chile have come to India's backyard and defeated them in a shootout and it is despair for India their wait for World Cup reward goes on and huge disappointment for India but take nothing away from New Zealand because they have been excellent this evening Fantastic performance that uh, from the Black Sticks uh, through to the quarterfinals of the FIH World Cup in India after pulling off a stunning upset you could hear it in the commentator's voice it was uh, totally against the grain uh, and the penalty shootout, it's a result that caused a stir after New Zealand only managed one win in pool play before taking that crossover match. Next up, they'll face the number two ranked side in the world, Belgium. A real task. It's a big ask for the Black Sticks ranked 10th, but they've shown, of course, that they can win the hard way if they can keep it close. So can they do it again? And joining us now in studio is the former Black Stick with over 750 caps to his name plus uh, a couple of Commonwealth Games medals as well, Stephen Jennison. Also, Stephen, uh, welcome to SCNZ. Welcome to the team. I uh, understand that you've uh, just joined the, the sales staff in the last 24 hours or so. So what was your first day at work like? Yeah, cheers, Smitty. Yeah, no, it was um, a good day. The team welcomed me in um, nicely and, um, you know, day two now and um, I've, you know, into my work. Into your work, good man. Uh, I wish you all the best in, in your new role. I certainly do. Uh, that was a great result, though, yesterday. Uh, against the grain, I think it's fair to say. Um, the Black Sticks, yeah, uh, fantastic performance. Yeah, it was. Um, I think probably one of the hardest things to do is to beat India in India. So, um, you know, for the boys to get that kind of result in front of the, the massive um, Indian crowd, um, you know, it was, a, it was a tough little game. But as soon as you go to a shootout, um, anything can happen. And I think, you know, as you know, us Kiwis, we, we back ourselves in those sort of um, pressure moments. And to do that in India is, is, is a massive result. We see so many uh, penalty shootouts in football. We've just, uh, of course, seen a World Cup which is dominated by penalty shootouts there. Tell us about a one-on-one -on -one situation, a penalty um, shootout, a penalty stroke in hockey, because I've never done it. Uh, I've looked at a, quite a few of them. Who are the odds heavily in favour of there? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, you got eight seconds, so, you know, you got the ball. I think the odds are probably with the keeper these days. Like, there's a lot of analysis goes into a lot of video footage. You know, there's databases of, um, you know, footage going back years and years of different players and their tendencies. Um, and keepers do a lot of homework now um, just to sort of work out what's the best approach. And, you know, they might protect one side of the goal a little bit more or a player might go to their backhand or forehand a little bit more so they can, you know, sort of dictate where the attacker goes. Um, and then the players on the ball, I mean, it's all, you can have a plan, but that can, you know, um, change pretty quickly. So you've got to, you know, play with a little bit of instinct. Um, so I think it's probably more in the keeper's favour, but in saying that, you back yourself one-on-one -on -one to score against the keeper. But, um, you know, in those sort of pressure moments, um, it can be, you know, tougher than you think. Practice it a lot? Yeah, I mean, the, the Black Six boys, they'll be, you know, at the end of most sessions, we'll be, we'll be training that. I mean, it's hard to emulate um, that sort of pressure. So, you know, you'll try and make it a competition. You know, you'll go mate against mate and, you know, split into two different teams. Make sure you're going against all the different keepers in the squad and then chucking, you know, a few, you know, pressure, 
you know, it might be a, a bit of a punishment on the, the losing team, but um, yeah, you spend a lot of time on it, and um, I mean, it decides big games now. So, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're very handy at um, taking one on one, you know, you might, you know, you might find yourself selected more than you know someone else that um, doesn't want to do them anymore. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the other area of, of uh, scoring, of course, which is quite prevalent, is uh, from set pieces, the penalty corner, two of the three New Zealand goals. Um, and regulation time coming from that yesterday. Is that a typical uh, area of strength when, when you were playing as well, a typical focus? Yeah, it is. Um, the set piece is, you know, massive in, in today's hockey. I mean, um, I've kind of felt for um, our flickers in this tournament, you know, Kane Russell couldn't couldn't quite get firing in the pool play. I'm glad he's been able to get the ball across the line now because his confidence will go, you know, through the roof and that'll, you know, sit nicely for him against um, uh, Belgium. But I mean, yeah, it's again, it's something that you spend a lot of um, time analysing, you know, a lot of time practising um, and the skill sets are, you know, they're not straightforward. They're, you know, you spend hours and hours trying to perfect them just so you got that one opportunity to, to score. And then there's not just the flicking, there's the variations and things. So you'll analyse the the, um, the, um, the fence and make sure there's, you know, a few opportunities where you can go to a variation if the flicks aren't on. So we lost in Pool C to Malaysia uh, 3-2. Uh, 4-0 loss to the Netherlands uh, and a win against Chile to get us to the point that we played India, of course. So it looks like, um, you know, the, we, we were struggling up in, until that point. Can you can you really put a finger on what the turnaround was? Yeah, I mean, I know I've, I've spoken to a few of the boys that are over there. They, they are trialling a new structure, a new system um, in defence. And I think it's it's not a passive way of defending, but it looks can look that way. And I think they were just sort of finding their feet a little bit um, in the pool games. And against you know an Asian team and a European team, it can work differently. So, I think now that they've you know a bit more confident in that structure, um, and obviously worked against India. Um, I think yeah they'll build they'll build on that, and especially going into the Belgians. Um, this you know we have a lot of players that do play over in Belgium um, in the in the club league and things like that. So when the boys know that team really well, we know the structure will you know cause them some issues. Um, so I think they should, you know, take confidence from the Indian game and um, and apply that against the, the world number two. So we know, uh, obviously, with those players playing in Belgium, we know Belgium pretty well, uh, but they are the second-ranked team in the world. How much do we have to go ahead from that performance against India to match them? Yeah, I mean, the good thing, they, they are beatable. Um, they're an old team. Um, well, I probably shouldn't say they're an experienced team. Um, and they've been around a long time, but I think... You know, even just from my, my own experience playing against Belgium, the longer you're in the game, the tighter the scoreline is towards the end. Um, they panic and they they think they should be, you know, beating you by a number of goals. So you're always in it, run to the to the end. And, you know, we saw that with the Kiwi boys the other night. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest thing against Belgium is they're a confidence team. So, sooner, you know, the longer you're in the match, um, the better it is for, for the Kiwi boys. So uh, our side, uh, our squad now, um, what about um, the age group mix in that? Is, is this a side of developing side? Uh, should we look forward to higher rankings out of this team? Yeah, I think for sure. The, the younger players that are coming through are, are super talented and then you've got a few of the, the older heads there that are, 
um, you know, um, showing them the way a little bit. Um, but there's some definitely some young players there that have, you know, coming out from different regions of the country that are, yeah, super talented. And I think over the next, you know, year and a bit, sort of leading into to Paris, I think they'll do really well. It'll just be interesting to see um, who out of the experienced players stick around. You know, your likes of Simon Child, Blair Tarrant, Hugh Ingalls. Will they stay on and, um, and you know, um, push towards Tokyo? Um, I think that'll be a key factor towards how they go in Paris. But there's plenty of youth and I think um, they'll develop nicely um, leading into Paris. And um, I'm sure they'll get um, some decent results along the way. How lucrative is it to play in some of these leagues overseas? Um, it's not... At a rugby or cricket sort of level, but it's it's decent. We've got a handful of guys that are it's their full time job. Um, you know, there's a few of the boys that are playing in Germany now, earning some pretty decent money. And with the the Euro conversion, it's not bad when you bring it home. So um, there's a number of guys that now at a um, are full professionals, and it's sort of heading that way now. Of hockey, you know, there's more and more cash going into the sport, which which is helpful. But um, I wouldn't say it's lucrative, um, but it's you know it's sort of heading that way of being more and more professional. What's the ultimate goal in hockey for for a New Zealand player? Is it is it the Olympics or is it a world championship? It's a Olympic gold. I mean, to do what the boys did in '76. Um, that's always been, um, you know, when when I was playing was you know that was the target. That's the dream is to win Olympic gold. Um, yes, yeah, so I think that's what sort of gets the boys out of bed every morning is to you know aiming for an Olympic gold medal and World Cups are, are you know. Uh, are awesome but the Olympic gold that's the pinnacle um, of our sport What's the state of hockey like uh, field hockey like uh, in New Zealand at, the, at this point numbers wise Yeah I think it's growing um, Yeah, I think the sport's doing doing well I think the New, Z- New Zealand hockey and their partners are all doing their best to, to make sure the sport keeps growing um, and there's plenty of you know young talent um, amongst, the, amongst the ranks and I think the best thing they're doing now always sort of moving things um, to the regions. You know, it's always been um, an Auckland centralised program, um, but now they're moving more into the regions, and I think having Black Six, you know, around the country will help that and, and keep the, the youth um, progressing. Um, I think it's it's pretty healthy, and I think as long as the Black Six men and women are doing well on the world stage, that will that will um, continue to grow. What prompted you to finish? Um yeah, well, I, was, I spent a number of years playing over in Europe um, and sort of abruptly had to come home with the COVID pandemic um, and just sort of um, got to a point where I needed to focus in on a career outside of hockey um, and then I pushed forward to Tokyo Olympics and then, you know, I find, kind of felt like that was the right time to, to sort of finish up. I've been, I haven't actually um, officially announced my retirement, but it's pretty safe to say I won't be coming back. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the the time was right, and it's it's such a massive commitment to to be at that sort of level, and you got to be, you know, that's got to be your main focus every single day is to be a better hockey player, so or better athlete. So I got to a point where, yeah, that's no longer the, the case. So I think it's the right time to step away. A lot of these tournaments that uh, the, the Black Sticks, both men and women, play in, uh, go under the radar a wee bit. I mean, you've racked up two hundred and fifty games yourself. Um, and you look at a number of players uh, over the years who have racked up huge numbers without uh, a lot of it even, I guess, being noticed. And I, I don't want to be rude about that. It's just that rugby, you know, rugby and cricket and those things sort of tend to dominate the headlines a wee bit more. Yeah, I mean, I guess the nature of the, the hockey tournaments being shortened, you might play, you know, um, seven games over a 10-day period. So it's, you know, it's pretty... Um, 
physically tough, and but you do you have to back up a lot. So you know you can rack up quite a few tests. You know if you're playing every tournament throughout a, a calendar year, so you can rack them up. And um, but it's yeah, I mean to get 250 games, it does sound like a lot, but um, that was over. I mean a 10 year space, I guess. So 10 to 12, yeah, somewhere around those lines. So you know it was a bit of time in the in the squad, and um, there was obviously tournaments here and there that I missed. Um, Mm. Very non-selection or injury and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, there are some big numbers, and I guess you know, like people want to. It's some, playing for your country is quite special. So, I think people really want to, you know, try and prolong their careers as long as they can and attend the events like the Olympic Games, Commonwealth Games, um, and be part of those events. It's it's pretty special. So, I can see why players. You know, there's Eddie Ockenden now in the Australian team who's just racked up 400 games and it's you know he's done 15 or so years like it's it's a long long time to commit to um to hockey but i mean if you love it and it's um there's opportunities to go to those events it's you know it's it's a cool thing to do what would make us stronger in terms of, in terms of hockey more uh, australian competition for instance are they the yardstick are they the are they the team we look at uh, um you know as the all blacks look at the wallabies etc is that our yardstick yeah i think so like we're pretty similar the aussies um, and us, our style of play, um, you know, super fast and physical. I think the hardest part for for um, ourselves is, you know, the Europeans, they're so close. They play test matches, you know, every week against each other. And, um, you know, their youth programs are really good. And they've just, you know, like under 16, Belgium are playing under 16, Holland, like it, every week. So it's just that competition. Like we're a long way away from everybody else. So just playing against Australia isn't, isn't quite enough. We need to be playing against European teams, Asian teams, more often and um, and that's through not just from the black six but dropping down to under 21s under 18s under 16 so those youth teams as well um, yeah Stephen uh, tell us about um, your individual highlights what what you know the high points for you in your career yeah like kind of what I mentioned I think the Olympic Games is you know they're huge and that was what I aspired to to attend when I was a, just a young fella so yeah, I mean, I was lucky enough to go to London, um, Rio and Tokyo. Um, all had, you know, all were a completely different experience. So the highlights are definitely the Olympic Games. I mean, there was obviously a few disappointments there in some of those matches that cost us, um, you know, medal chances. But when you look back now and you look back at, um, you know, what you're able to achieve in your career, attending those sorts of events and, um, you know, it's, it's yeah, as I've mentioned, it's pretty special so to be able to do three of them over over my career was, you know, something I'm I'm very proud of. Hockey's a, in an interesting stage because you know there are injuries as hockey, as we well know. But there's so much, and we've talked about it this morning on the show about concussion and rugby and those sorts of things. Now, I, I would have thought that hockey now might be able to cash in on that kind of thing at school level because a lot of parents are, are pushing their kids away from those uh, head contacts, those areas. Uh, you know, where they become vulnerable there. Is, is that an opportunity for hockey, you feel? Yeah, potentially. I mean, hockey can can be dangerous in itself, but yeah, without getting the, that, you know, head-on-head collisions and, and things like that, it's, um, yes, I guess, you know, parents might see it as a bit of a, a safer option for their kids, but um, there's definitely an opportunity there to... Um, but I mean, like, hockey... We will, you know, we'll welcome anybody, and, and it's a chance for um, you know young kids to to learn different skills. Um, and you know, it's different from just catching and throwing a ball. It's you know, there's a lot of hand-eye coordination, and you know, a lot of people. Mm. Um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely an opportunity there for hockey to take advantage of that. You turned your back on hockey, uh, or have you? You're going to still maintain an interest in coaching or 
at some capacity? Yeah, I'm actually a um, player coach for the Auckland Indian Sports Club. Um, so I've been there for a, a few na- years now and um, the player coaching dynamics, interesting one. And um, you know, I'm sure the players probably prefer me just to be um, coaching um, on the field. I'm a little bit different to who I am when I'm standing in the dugout. But um, yeah, I'm enjoying, enjoying the coaching aspect and I think um, you know, I'll do that for a little bit. Um, and then there, there might be an opportunity for me to still play f- um, for my home region, Wellington, in the in the National Hockey League or, or things like that. But um, for now, it's just you know focus on the club season and um, and make sure I do a good job for the club. And being a, an international sportsman, uh, hopefully the, that will open doors up for you, um, especially and an Olympian as well. Uh, in terms of what you're trying to do now, your new vocation. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully that. That network and um, you know the people that I've got to meet along the way will um, will certainly help. Well, Stephen, it's been uh, cool catching up with you, mate. Uh, thanks for uh, the input. Uh, are we a starters' chance against Belgium? A starters' chance? Yeah, I think so. I'd I'd put my money down on the boys to get to get the job done. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll have a look at the market. Thanks very much, uh, Stephen Janice. Uh, all the very best uh, with your new role with uh, SENZ in the sales department, folks. If you're uh, looking at advertising on the radio, why not speak to an Olympian about his experiences uh, while you're organising some advertising as well? Stephen, all the very best. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much.